everybody. Welcome to episode one of Journeys Adrift. We are so excited and happy to be back uh, recording and bringing you these awesome stories. We're just all around loving it and we hope that you are going to love it as well. So I don't have much preamble to say because we're going to get you right into here. But, you know, if you enjoy what you're hearing and you want to help us, it would be so huge if you take that time to just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe for us. And we will be internally indebted to you. Thank you guys so much. Let's go take this journey together. Love you guys. We find ourselves in the vastness of space. Darkness, mute, no sound around us. We see below a red planet. Looking down, we fall quickly as the red planet begins to approach us with great speed. As we almost hit the ground, we slow, realizing the scene around us. We see a small town, nothing but empty redness and blistering windy deserts to our northern horizon and frozen sheets of ice to the south. Estuar is for all intents and purposes, a quiet town. Around you, you see metal vats being rolled onto carts. Eventually, you watch a large alien humanoid figure bring out a cup, pop a small spout on the vat. A clear liquid spills out into the cup. They bring it to their mouth, drink, nod, and continue on their way, looking over this operation. We continue through the town, eventually inside a building. As we see five humanoid almost all humanoid figures standing there with one other guy behind a desk would everyone give a quick visual description of what your character kind of presents as tetsu tetsu is a he him big android kanobo reddish purplish skin black horn slick back black hair muscular looking build very tall a little over seven foot Dresses in perfectly well-kept suit and tie almost all at all times. Nice, nice shoes to match. He looks very, uh, like, high-end bodyguard type of dress. Perfect. Moat. Uh, Moat is a... They're gray, and uh, they present as they-them. Moat is wearing, at almost all times, a mechanic suit that is kind of a honey mustard color with some like brown mesh uh, accents. It's a bit protective. It's got some a bunch of pockets and a bunch of space for keeping utilities close by. And of course, Moat wears a face mask over their face, which displays whatever emotion that they're feeling at the time. Typically defaults to a cyan LED, just general smile that you see on the character art. Perfect. Eisen. Eisen is what he presents to be as a male, uh, about seven foot tall, a little over seven feet, rock person, aquamarine in color, gorgeous gem tones, with uh, shocking eyes that like glow constantly. They're almost always the bright uh, light color, even if the rest of his body is dimmed. Uh, he wears very loose-fitting, almost kimono-esque gear. He's very kind of uh, samurai-inspired, and he has a very rock-solid build. Rock-solid. Oh, man. Was that a pun? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no punnery. Hi, Dr. Lin. Dr. Lin, who is a real doctor, appears as a, a he-him, uh, pretty much a giant, like, seven-foot-tall jellyfish, like, kind of 
crimson, blackish in color, a little translucent, with these, like, really long crimson-like tentacles. Uh, he usually dresses up as though he were a real person, with, like, four-legged, like, kind of khaki pants, this, like, uh, khaki-colored overcoat that kind of ties in the middle, and just has this, like, large kind of rucksack along one side of his waist and a short, long-barreled needle rifle on the other side of his waist to shoot uh, whatever medicines he may need. He also wears glasses kind of on the front of his face. Yeah, very, like, private eye. Every time I look at him, I'm like, he, he's just a, he's a little detective. No, he looks like a streaker about to, like, <laughs> juice you up with a bunch of illegal drugs. He's either a detective or he's that guy on New York uh, New York Street where he just kind of, like, opens his jacket and has a bunch of knives or, you know. Needles, in this case. Hey, kid, you want some healing? You need some Actually, needles. as we go forward, can we please update Dr. Len's outfit for different detectives? So eventually he has to be Magnum P.I. <gasps> Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> The, the shoulder pads that are, like, expressed in the beautiful character art by Knox, is that, like, are those what attach to his belt? Like, how does the coat not just slide off uh, you'll belt? You'll have to ask about that in character. I mean, uh, you, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> also, did you mention the hat? Oh, Who yes. He, he does have a large floppy brimmed hat. <laughs> uh, and then Seha. Okay, so Zeha Vumti is a tall Kasatha, so Kasathas have very elongated, like, skull heads, and she wears a sort of golden um, band on top of it, and she's dressed, like, always just on point and and beautiful. She has a nice uh, draping cloak of sorts, which you'll also see in the character, Um, and it just matches her outfit, it matches the cloth that covers her mouth and nose. And she um, takes care of her appearance. Um, underneath the cloak, she has a sort of like skin tight uh, jumpsuit of sorts, um, which for those familiar, will see it as the like second skin uh, armor type thing. Perfect. The guy behind the desk is a red skinned humanoid, has black hair, shoulder length slicked back. Uh, you could think like soldier meets farmer type. As he's kind of sitting there, you can tell he's been battle-hardened, and he just has this no-nonsense kind of attitude about him. He's kind of sitting back, leaning back in his chair with his, like, dirty boots up on the desk. And he goes, so this is the crew, eh? What a load of shit. And you see him kind of, like, bite off the word at the end and looks over you. This is who they sent me. You. Hornhead. What can you do for me? Me? Yes, you. I don't see any other horns on anyone's head tetsu slowly scans everybody and nods a bit confused and goes i was hired as a bodyguard that is what you needed yes so you can kill people i thought this was about protection okay so you can protect people yes i'm all confused right, all, right, all right cool yep that's fine he holds up a hand here you, you'll protect people okay uh Rock person, you. As you see him point to you, Eisen. I mean, what what can you do for me? Why are you here? <sighs> I guess I'm here to kill things, to put it simply. Alright, so we got protection, killer. What about you, girl? Oh, um... Well, I I have some connections with diplomats, and I do know how to, you know, handle myself around them. I figured I'd be a good um person to be around i'm here to help in whatever way i can so you bring absolutely nothing all right uh listen it's not like that i can do 
all sorts of things. And I'm a good distraction in a pinch as well. You see him kind of like look over you for a second. All right. I, yeah, I could see you getting a little distracting. Uh, we have a we have a gray. What about you, boy? <laughs> well, you know, I can keep your ship running. I can make it stop running. Uh, if you got some fancy armor, I might be able to help you out with that. But, uh, you know, I keep my distance. I keep things working. Got it? Yeah. I mean, you guys will have to, you guys have to trek over there. You know, you're on a ship. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely need someone to keep things working. Uh, you're probably the most useful here so far. That's what I've been told. You see him kind of scan over and he goes, do I even want to know? Jellyfish thing. You. Well, that is certainly not the worst name I've been called, but to put it frankly, I can do whatever you need me to do. And, well, no hush, no tell, doctor patient confidentiality, and the like. Okay. Yeah, they'll probably you probably need a doctor, especially with a girl not being useful. Okay. Listen here, I don't know where this attitude is coming from. <laughs> did, you, did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed today? No, I just continuously get sent really crappy crews, and uh, I see five more. <sighs> she she just huffs. <laughs> it, it's fine, though. He kind of, like, waves a hand and finally brings his dirty boots off his desk and goes, I don't, I don't lose any money if you fail. About that time, you hear a female voice coming from the back. No, Mets. But if my life is not kept safe, neither will yours be. And you see this beautiful young adult female Lashenta, uh, think Gamora from uh, Guardians in the Galaxy. She's kind of light green skinned. She has these very bright freckles on her face. They look like they're almost shining. And you see uh, her the side of her head shaven while everything else is pulled back into a ponytail. You said Gamora, but I'm thinking Mantis. Yeah, much more Mantis. Well, that's just Lashenta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She is, I say, she is a Lashenta. She's like Go Gamora Mantis. in Lashenta form. She is uh, Gamora if she were Mantis's race. That's true. <laughs> but you see her kind of walking in, and she says that to him, and uh, you see him kind of clear his throat, finally stands up, giving her a little, little bit more respect than he's given you, and he goes, Nena. Good. Each of you understands this. He kind of brings his hand out to motion towards her. Success for Nena to be protected at all costs. The mission from the society, which is why I assume you're here, is for Nina to be brought to Leovara, specifically the Silver Drake within the Roselight Settlement. Do any of you know anything about Leovara, Roselight? Uh, and then each of you can make culture checks. Oh, no. Oh, 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 oh joy. Close. At least I have a plus one in this. Oh. Well, that would be a six for Tetsu. Shocking ten. Uh, a, a natural one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> off to a good yeah, start, Eisen. <laughs> yeah. A 13 for Moat. We're off to a great start. I will say that Zeha, like, when she walks up, she'll take a step forward and she will gesture politely. Whether, I don't know if, if you know, it's a full-on, like, curtsy or whatever, but she'll, she'll like, bow her head slightly as, as she enters the room. And I rolled a 25 on my culture check, so I want to show off. <laughs> Chill out. DC 26. Oh, damn it. <laughs> As you step up, you finally all take in kind of what Ninal is wearing. She's she's somewhere in between very fancy dinner party and dangerous mission. So think like a Black Widow kind of outfit. Uh, she's got like some some tight leather on, but it's it's also like a fancier, more done up leather. Probably easy to move in that kind of stuff. Uh, and as you step up, Zeha, you guys all kind of take this in and 
uh, you know a couple of things about Leovara. One, it's a gas planet. It's like a gas giant. Two, Rose Light was set up to keep tight restrictions on the mining industry. They actually mine gas off of Leovara. That's like why settlements are set up there. Rose Light itself is an encapsulated city, which is why it's called Rose Light. Kind of the aluminum they make about these uh, encapsulations kind of sheds this rose-colored light everywhere. You also know that it being encapsulated probably feels much like a space station. Everything there is likely recycled, meaning air, water, all of that good stuff. Uh, and I'll say with your 25 culture check, you also know that the Silver Drake is run by the Aspis Consortium, uh, who is a an illegal corporation, basically, that is allowed to be within the Pact Worlds. So it's it's like obviously illegal like everybody knows about it of the aspis consortium yes uh that doesn't mean the silver drake is illegal just just the aspis consortium is known to be illegal but they have signed the pact and they are part of it okay so i will just simply raise my eyebrow and say oh the aspis consortium yes i do know a little bit about it and i give this like look towards the dude that that was being mean earlier like Told you I know things. <laughs> and uh, Tetsu will kind of nod at the mention of Aspis Consortium a little bit and says, They are unpleasant. The mask on Moat's face, one eyebrow raises as he, as they look around and uh, just observe the interactions between people, uh, the clear indignation towards Mets from Zeha. Yeah. All right. So I guess you can be a little useful. Cool admitting that you have something to offer chagrined as he does he kind of looks you over and he goes the contact you'll meet there is an android uh named mav he'll meet you at the front desk of the silver drake we don't look we don't really trust the aspis consortium that much uh so you got you got to keep eyes on then no matter what she will be protected that uh at this point she kind of speaks up and not almost nods a thanks to you, Tetsu, and says, "Yes, I don't. I don't imagine that they will allow you back into the meeting with me. But whether you have to have eyes on me secretly or force your way into the meeting, uh, she kind of makes eye contact with Mitz and says, "We don't fully trust what they're doing here." So, this. Is it is it the entirety of just a meeting that needs to occur and which will will bring you back at, after that? Yes, you will likely be bringing me back to uh, Absalom Station or wherever the Starfinder Society wants you to meet, whatever base they want you to be running out of if you're accepted. If not, you'll be told to go elsewhere. She stands up a little bit straighter at that point and says, Lovely, well... I'm sure we can discuss along the way, but any information you have on your concerns will help um, us. And she kind of like looks around at the others as well, like kind of fully taking in everybody's specialties for a moment. It'll make our jobs easier. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, as you know, you're meeting with me in the Infinity Core here. He's kind of, you're literally in this like small dusty office, but he's presenting it as if it's the the grandest like banquet you've ever seen or something. He's like, we're here, we're partnered with the society. You 
We're going to provide you the uh, urban cruiser. There's a little Yosoki out there that's going to take you to the spaceship that the Starfinder Society is supplying you with. It's probably about an hour east from here. I mean, we work both sides, the Aspis Consortium and the Starfinder Society. We, Starfinder Society knows it. So, I mean, if you want to go tell me, go for it. But, like, I'm, we're spying on them for the Starfinder Society. We don't. Very subtle. I really don't care what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does, though. She asked. To be fair, I was talking to Ninal, but you can continue talking if you wish. Oh, well, my bad, madam. And he kind of steps back and presents himself to Ninon. Ninon steps forward and says, uh, what, what do you wish to know? I think I speak for all of us when I simply wish to understand your concerns with the Aspis Consortium, or specifically this meeting. I mean, I do understand the Aspis Consortium's type, but if you have concerns over this specific meeting, perhaps we should know the context of it? Yes. The Starfinder Society placed a a kind a kind of tax on the mining industry that the that the Aspis Consortium the Silver Drake is running out of Leavara uh, they are allowed to do it the Aspis Consortium didn't seem to take kindly to it and asked for a meeting with a diplomat we've had this happen before and i would say pr- approximately half of the time the diplomat gets taken hostage in for negotiation. I'm beginning oh. to understand the depth of this situation and why we are here. When they've taken your people hostage in the past, do they like to send your head back in a box or do they ransom you? Uh, they haven't killed anyone yet. They know they would be removed from Leavara if they did that, but it's it's more of a more of a fine dance as if they take someone hostage, they get to play at it. They get to make someone like me who has higher family ties feel uncomfortable and the Starfinder Society doesn't like that if my father feels uncomfortable. Therefore, they get me out of there however they need to, whatever deal they need to make, usually. Well, that's the kind of dance I am familiar with. Same. Why not just make the deal? Why <sighs> dance? Well, the Aspis Consortium's the one that doesn't want to make the deal. So they are asking for me to come bargain on the Starfinder Society's behalf. Do you know who you're meeting with, specifically, who your contact is on the other side? I don't, and usually I would not be able to take their name out of the room either. Oh, fair uh, enough. The Aspis Consortium does usually do most of their trade in secret. D- so you don't meet with the same person every time, then? No, not at all. I've never been to the Silver Drake before, but they do meetings in space on a space station to on different planets by the way when uh eisen when you said um me too to like being familiar with the political dance so to speak mm. um you see that that zeha is like looking at you a little bit more with interest than she has the others so far so she's kind of just looking at you you can tell his clothes are surprisingly well made they're worn but like they're clearly of like higher make than average <laughs> I'm the only one in the suit, so I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> that is true. You are. I'm just standing I'm there in a suit. Yet. True bodyguard. Well, your pants only have four legs. <laughs> uh, compared to the rest, Moat's coveralls are just grimy. They've been like cleaned up a little bit. It's like they went to the dry cleaners, but they didn't quite get everything. So it's a little grimy. He just kind of looks at these people and thinks to himself, 
what the hell are these people getting into? Politics are bullshit. <laughs> I like that the one that said that he was here to kill people is dressed like as nicely and the one that's just like, I can help keep things running is the only one that's not dressed up right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I don't see a speck of blood on his uh, fancy clothes, so obviously. <laughs> not yet. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not the one who bleeds. Everyone else is. Oh. Blood splatter. <laughs> Snap. Yeah, it kind of splatters. You kind of get used to that if you're actually working with your hands and doing things for sure, you know. Not when I cut them. Would he cut them with a spoon? At this point, you see Nana kind of like step up and she's like, well, if that's it, I do think we have a ride on quite a dirty machine and then we'll be in the ship. Uh, one of you do know how to fly, right? Yes, I can. I can do that. That's fine. Uh, before we go, can you do me a favor? Do a quick turn for me. I need to just check what you're wearing, just to make sure that when you walk out, you're not being held hostage. I don't want you blowing up by accident. You see her kind of what? like look down her nose at you for a second, makes eye contact, like looks out the side of her eyes to Mets, and then walks out the door. Ah, oh, whatever. That's your problem. Tetsu immediately follows her as she starts walking out. I, I turn to follow after, but I, I do kind of look... Uh, with a raised eyebrow at you, Aizen, and I'm just like, um, that wasn't the most tactfully put. Try harder next time. And I keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Lynn just kind of adjusts his faux glasses at you and then leaves. Aizen has already left. I look very confused as I try to, like, figure out what's going on with the coat. And, like, he said jellyfish, but I'm just not sure what's going on there. <laughs> uh, when I walk behind Len... Can I? How transparent is Len? Is he like pretty solid? Is there any like light passage? Kind of like fifty percent transparent, you know. Like you can see through him if you look closely. Then definitely, I've played with that. I've I've upped my radiant level to bright light and just kind of played with how much light I can get to shine through <laughs> Doctor Len from behind him. Moat was <laughs> bounding out to go to the ship, but as soon as he they see the uh, light levels shifting on the rock guy, they stand back and just follow behind and just watch and see if there's any sort of technological thing going on there or if it's just some weird alien shit. Weird alien shit as far as you can tell. I, I try to walk past everybody to um, walk like slightly, slightly behind um, Ninal. Tetsu is just beside you on the other side. Just keeping very close. <laughs> He has no weapons. One bodyguard, one... Just a <laughs> satchel over his shoulder. <laughs> and uh, as you guys all walk out, you kind of come back to this desert planet, high winds. Uh, it's it's not very hot here. You know, most of you know Akiton to be quite a warm planet, but being so close to the ice caps in the bottom, it is not very hot here. And actually, I will pull you onto the Akiton map just to give everybody a, a view of what it looks like. Akito. Remember your characters don't know where all Ooh. of this stuff is. Ha Quickly, metagame. Already metagame. Did. There's too many things to memorize to metagame properly. But you were, you were at the bottom of the south here uh, in Estuar, right next to the Winterlands of the south. I guess because of how dusty it is, they don't need to worry about, like, because it's protected, they don't need to worry about heat or anything. And you were told you are going an hour outside of town, you assume you're going, like, here. Basically, I'm drawing with a little arrow. This is like 0.2 days. Okay. Okay. Neat. So it's quite a trip. Yep. 
Uh, and as you're all walking out, you hear kind of Mets in the background. He goes, I mean, you're all, you're all going to be working together. You hear him like trying to be like full of himself as he's like, make sure you, you take the hour that we set aside for you to uh, get to know each other. Uh, Twek will take care of you. Uh, Twek, do I see him? Yeah, and then right outside you literally see it's quite a small, at least for six people. It's, it's a large vehicle, but small for six people to fit in with. It looks almost like a modern day wagon. It's kind of one of those military cruisers where it has one front seat and then the back is just kind of a cut out rectangle where everyone's going to sit. Class. Uh, um. And in the front seat, you see this Yosoki kind of gray brown haired Yosoki. Think like Clint Eastwood into a Yosoki style. <laughs> I need somebody to just draw as grumpy. That. Yeah, he's, he's he's got this permanent like scowl on his face almost. Uh, he kind of peers back with red eyes as he hears his name a little bit through the building door. Uh, he's got these like pink ears like most Yosokis, but you see him kind of cut in places, and you see that he just he just get up in what looks to be very similar to moat clothes, uh, kind of these heavy mechanic clothes. Heavy. He has some heavy gloves on his hand, uh, and as he does turn back, you see this kind of furrowed brow line on his forehead that you imagine is it's like reminiscent of smile lines except he's just kept that look on his face so long that it's kind of permanently plastered there what was his name twick t-w-e-k i thought that was the name of the the wagon Um, for a minute that's twick is is coming on the journey (laughs) that's twick and twack we got a bunch of clicky clack come on (laughs) let's get on twack we We gotta start our twack <laughs> we gotta start uh, twack over over the twacklands. Let's go. <laughs> uh, don't make sure you not to leave any twacks in the sand. Okay. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> uh, on that note, um, wait. So, so Twek is coming with us on the journey, though, right? Like he's there. He's driving you to the ship thus far. Oh, okay. So Eisen's not driving this. He's driving the ship. Ship. The ship. Ship. Yeah. And so, she asked if anyone could pilot. Technically, it's the same skill for both, so I could drive the car. Yeah, I was about to say, in Starfinder, it's the same skill, but she was she definitely, like, she said the word pilot, she was definitely like, the ship, one of you can fly, right? right? Yeah, that's what I wagon. assumed. I'm gonna have to step aside, Twek. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I pilot. assume one of you can drive over the vast emptiness of a desert. I'll crash it. <laughs> we, we I mean, there's a, a lot of traffic, so it's, a, it's more dangerous than you think. <laughs> <laughs> the dust bunnies, they're just crazy and... Okay. Don't actually, see dust they're like they're twenty feet tall dust bunnies. They're like <laughs> just giant crush dust like rush hour. It's just like twenty of them down the line. <laughs> the ears are like oh, steer, steel cables. You guys are presented with this kind of this urban cruiser of a vehicle. You assume that the back is meant for you as you kind of look to the Yosoki in the front. And he's like, "Well, come on, get in." Tetsu climbs on in. Ninal, do you want to? take the the front seat it seems to be the most comfortable there is one front seat and he's in it it's kind of it's a oh it's the driver's <laughs> seat okay so we can't sit on twek's lap or i mean <laughs> moat might be I able can. to uh moat does a quick look around of the uh ship and gives a little tongue tongue and uh tries to just assess the condition real quick make sure this thing is you know not gonna fall apart it's not too much of a rust bucket it is. Give me a engineering check, real quick. Can I help him? Is there a help mechanic for this? There is, and I don't know it. I assume if you make the DC, you help. It's a twenty-six engineering check, unless the help helps. 
I know six. Boo. It doesn't help, but this isn't Pathfinder 2, so it doesn't you hurt. Roll another nat one. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bro. I know. <laughs> I know. Look, Eisen is I, built for one Eisen, thing. Eisen, you okay, bud? I don't think you're cut out for this. Look, his goal is to kill things. He's just waiting. He's he, he's scared of his rules. nearing him to the pilot seat. I know, at right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine. He shorts out the, the vehicle. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We'll only he, go into a sign once. Just like electric shocks. <laughs> Shush! You don't want to spoil right, it. Right. That happens later. <laughs> but uh, Moat, with your engineering check, you're kind of walking around, like just hitting on it, kicking on it, kind of feeling it, feeling the rumble of this urban this. Uh, wheeled vehicle this urban cruiser and it's it catches you as almost nostalgic as you can tell that this thing shouldn't be running but the amount of love that this yosoki has put into it is keeping it on its wheels they Aww. get in the uh back and just say out oh twack you gotta find uh you gotta find thing here what's her name her name's twack and she makes mobile twix ac- across the land <laughs> uh no <laughs> he, he kind of he looks back at you just eyebrows kind of furrowed she ain't got a name she she gets me where i'm going and that's that's all i care about you getting in fair enough dr Vine kind of like climbs in using one hand using the other to keep his hat from blowing away in the wind <laughs> kind of cursing under his breath at how damn dry it is and how there's no water oh my God. i just imagine a jellyfish like one of the you know those old like walmart sticky things that had eight arms that you could just like throw and they yeah. just like yeah. they walk they walk yeah. down the wall they were just like for some, re- yes, for some yes, reason, yes. I'm imagining, like, the car thing. You know, like, the wavy hand thing? That, like, the, the oh, two yeah. people that just, like... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, some, yeah. Something between both of those is Dr. Lin, for sure. As as they're all getting in, Tetsu's taking out, like, a med kit, and just, you see him, like, looking into his hand at, like, this faintly glowing image, as he seems to be looking at it, looking intently at one person going into his med kit to, like, rummage around and, like, set some things aside. Looks at the next person, kind of does the same, like, down the list, and you can sign to see him organizing this, like, uh, medical kit he's got set up. What do you mean, like, looking at an image? There seems to be something in his hand, like, glowing, like, it looks like a hollow screen of some sort. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. As you're, like, going through your med kit, Dr. Lens just kind of looking at you doing it, but you can't really make out an expression or anything. Dr. Lin probably could tell what he's doing after after the first couple. One little pile seems to be perfect for a, a gray. Uh, another pile seems to be perfect for whatever Aizen is. Rockman. <laughs> I don't think you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I think this is perfect for what you might be. Yeah. Like, he, 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 oh he seems to be, like, trying to divide up his kit based on the people here to, like, have <laughs> medicines ready to go is mine just a chisel you start to set stuff aside for like (laughs) some person and he just kind of like shakes his bell in disapproval (laughs) tetsu stops so please new character i literally can't handle it just being a giant jellyfish (laughs) i love it it's great wait do you do that to him yeah yeah he, he stops looks at the vial looks back at you Slowly goes to put the vial back to see if you do something. He's just looking, just watching. He sets it down, looks again, grabs another one that has a very similar name, but like spelled a little different, and puts that in the pile. But like waits to before setting it down, just kind of watching you. Len kind of this draws a tentacle to about this like one? the underside of his bell and kind of like sits there as if watching. 
thinking. Then nods his bell slightly to himself. <laughs> and, and about he starts the exact second, about the exact second of the nod, you feel the uh, the cruiser take off. When that happens, Eisen says, "Thank God," because he's been watching this and is just like, "Thank you." <laughs> I uh, I stepped on gingerly prior to this, obviously, and I I kind of like scoot past the uh, giant jellyfish and find a seat opposite, uh, probably opposite Tetsu, as I'm like watching this interaction and I'm like, you know, I believe you said you were a doctor. Suddenly blasters! And all of a sudden you get shot at. No, I'm just saw kidding. This, saw this coming. <laughs> uh, that you were saying? Again. Oh, the passing drive bandits. Ah, they get they get them every time. Get down, get down, Mr. President. I'm still struggling I mean, to uh, learn the you know. the, the audio software. I'm <laughs> I'm trying. No, it's perfectly fine. But she she's looking kind of like she looks at Tetsu and she kind of says you know to Tetsu, but then kind of looks over at Doctor Lan and she's like, I believe they mentioned you were a doctor. Uh, yes, that is correct. Or was at one point. Oh, you're no longer a doctor? Well, a depends who you speak to, I suppose, but yes, I am a doctor, to put it simply. Oh, good. We're with a quack. <laughs> she does, she, like, she laughs openly at you, this. <laughs> and in blank, judgmental staring, then turns you back to the judgmental no stare eyes. back. There, there's just a glowing <laughs> rock man who is equally judgmental. Oh, now this should be interesting. Yeah, Tet- Tetsu just looks up and says... In case he is hurt, I can also help. We are protecting. We want to be sure. Well, I suppose whatever you have there could serve its purpose. Yes, well, so an hour of this, man, you'd think they could make the seats slightly more comfortable. What do you mean more comfortable? Oh, nothing. This this vehicle is lovely. Are you paying? Uh, did they not pay on our behalf? There's no pay. That's why they're not comfortable. <laughs> Your glutes need to toughen up just a little bit there, hun. Yes, well, she she just looks very uncomfortable and like shamed back into her silence. <laughs> this mean if we would pay, he would like bring out the pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think Eisen will like look over and then be like, if you want to squish your seat, you could always take Doctor Lens. And, and he like he, he pokes Doctor Len in the side and he ripples slightly. <laughs> if you could refrain touching me, that would be appreciated. We'll be together for the next while, if I'm to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, can I at least know your names? I'm Tetsu. Tetsu, okay. Pleasure. Should I call you Jellyfish? You should call me... Well, I'm Dr. Len Azaf Zen, but Dr. Len suffices. Assuming you won't remember that. I can certainly endeavor to, but Dr. Len. And, um, what about you? And she looks over at Aizen. Aizen. Just Aizen for now. And he'll lower his light level back to dim so that he's not blinding everyone actively in the car. <laughs> the the you know when like it's dark out and uh, the passenger opens up like the light in the back seat. Exactly. <laughs> the driver's like, oh. the driver crashes. <laughs> Wait, so can you fully control how much light you're giving off, or like? Yes, yes, I can. Interesting. <laughs> and I can't turn it off. That is that is one thing. I can't go completely off. So whoever bunks with me is gonna have Always a nightlight. <laughs> Oh wow! So no sneaking in the dark. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, she she looks over at the the little one that is left, and she'll she'll be like, um, "What about you, little one?" Little one? Do I look that little to you? And, and the faceplate um, that he's wearing switches to 
red coloring and a frown and a big exaggerated <laughs> eyebrows in angry angry mode. She she like does take it like slight lean back when you your faceplate shifts so drastically, but she's just like, uh, yes, you are smaller than I am. I meant no offense. Wow, people used to backtrack further harder than that. Anyway, uh, no, don't worry about it. You can call me Moat. The faceplate shifts back to the normal uh, blue eyes and general smile, and they just look up and just say, yeah, well, you know, it, uh, it's fun to mess with people, but, you know, you didn't backtrack as hard as I thought you would, so get on you. And for a <laughs> second, when the faceplate switches, uh, we watch as the camera kind of pans out from this faceplate and out deeper into space. It zooms an enormous distance away eventually arising to a moon. We see a gray picking through a junk pile with an older dwarven male with gray hair and a long beard and a set of tongs for his left hand. During this picking, a group of three long, eight-foot-tall, spindly, pale humanoids with pitch-black eyes walk up to the gray and their friend. One of them, a large blaster at their side, walks up and says, You, gray, you're contaminating our picks. The gray turns and indignantly stands and takes a look at these strangers and unheard to everybody else but to the one that spoke uh, a voice enters their mind I'm telling you Bonskis these pigs are ours as much as they are yours fighters keep us it's almost immediate like you get about six words into their head and they're able to react in time and they slam the butt of their rifle into the side of your head and you hear back in your head out of our heads, freak. And they kind of bring their rifle down, pointing at you. The gray is shaken, clearly, and begins scrambling back along the ground, suddenly realizing that they're not messing around. They're actually threatening them. They reach around for anything they can find among the junk that might help defuse the situation, maybe to defend themselves. And they happen upon a technopathy node that's just laying around. They connect it to their comm unit and begin speaking through the unit speaker. I'm not yet to the mall. You watch as this Vertani just kind of looks at you for a second, rifle pointed, finally brings the rifle back up and says, I'm not trying to kill anyone today. Look, we don't want you around anymore. If we see you again, you won't be as lucky as you were today. Get. With that, the gray gives up the picking and gets out of there. And walking away, we... As we move forward in a little bit of time, we see some work being done and the sparks fly on some device that the Grey is working on. A little bit later, the Grey dons the an early version of the mask that uh, is seen today and lights blink to life as an expression and various expressions flicker. Uh, very emotive ones come across the screen, taking inspiration from the Vertani who had... Uh, colored pigments that did the same thing uh, and as after that is in place moat returns to their business picking and tinkering and ready to head out to the universe to make waves all right and we kind of zoom out on moat picking tinkering and we zoom back into this urban cruiser where everyone is sitting kind of getting to know each other <laughs> Like after everybody uh, has like going to each person and and asking who they are and after their, this conversation with Moat, there's this like pause as she leans back and looks and like 
waits in this kind of awkward silence. And then she fills the gap with, Well, since you're so curious, I am Zehavumti, prospective Madaloon of the Ramsam Ten. You may have heard of me. No. Sorry, no. No. What do those mean? <laughs> she does do a very quick glance at Nanal, if Nanal has heard of her. You get the sense that Nanal is barely listening to the conversation whatsoever. <laughs> okay. You knowing people, it's probably 50-50 if she's heard of you or not. Uh, it's probably also 50-50 if she's even heard you say that. Moat pipes up. Perspective something or other? What? What, is that? what does that mean? Um, how familiar are you with, well, fine art, I suppose? The faceplate goes into one of those, you know, dials where it looks like something is loading, and it just spins for a few seconds <laughs> and goes back to a uh, mischief smile. Yeah, not at all. Yes, well, then I suppose I wouldn't expect you to, um, but it's quite all right. Simply a performer, if you will. Almost on the word performer, uh, we kind of immediately transfer to a scene. We see Zeha walking off stage and into the back as applause surrounds her from a crowd. She passes a handful of female Kasata that are getting ready with intense refusal to make eye contact with one in specific who seems to be watching her. She notices her mother then, waiting by her little dressing table she uses to get ready. We see her eyes flicker a conflicted expression before she collects herself and steps forward. Mother, um, what did you think of my performance? Well, you lost him for a second, dear. Uh, she says as she kind of like begins to fix her dress a little. It could be better. <sighs> and I kind of like turn away from the touching of my clothes and like go and sit down at the dressing table. And I'm like, you know, mother, you know, one day you could just say you did great and leave it at that. Anyways, uh, after this, you will be going on your tempering, right? Yes, of course. I'm very excited. You see her kind of reach up to touch your headband for a second. I do hope you make the Ramsinton proud and come back to claim your spot as the Madaloon, uh, much as your grandmother was. I do intend to. I always try my best, mother. On your tempering, and you see her kind of reach out her hand, um, Kasata have four arms, so she loads her like bottom right arm uh, with a kind of data pad towards you. Is this my mission? Yes, this is the mission that we would all like you to do on your tempering. Do not share it with anyone. No, of course not. Should I read it now? Uh Absolutely not. You will make us so proud. She's, she gets like quite loud. You just likely tense just at the loudness that she gets because you know that everyone backstage hears it. So proud as she kind of like rubs your shoulders and walks away. And as she walks away, we see Zeha's eyes flicker to the girl from before, the one that she was ignoring purposely. Seeing the girl also looking her way, Zeha composes herself quickly and raises an eyebrow to her. Do you have something to say, Deir Turma? No. Enjoy your tempering, prospective Madeline. Don't worry. I'll hold down the fort while you're gone. And I, I go to retort as, like, the stage call happens. Yeah, and as you as you go to retort, we hear kind of a stage call for her to go out with a group, since you were the only one that really had a solo that night. And as the camera's kind of watching them go out, it zooms back into 
Zeha saying the word performer. I should hope that all of you one day would have the honor of seeing me perform. You're a performer. No sarcasm in that. <laughs> yes, a performer. Why he kind of looks about at everybody. No, took the words out of my mouth. I have other talents as well. It is an art form, and art can be applied in many unique ways. And she gives you this, like, you don't even know, like, uh, pitying almost, just very looking down at you at that point. Tetsu looks back with the look that says, he very much does not know. (laughs) Does she have any guns on her? She does. She has two guns on her, uh, strapped to each thigh, but it's, it's, you kind of see it probably under only, um, you might have seen the outline earlier, but she's wearing this sort of, like, cloaky thing that flows over and, like, uh, has a nice little collar. So it, it does open up on one side where you can easily see her able to access the uh, strap to her thigh. And she actually has her mouth covered, right? Yeah, you've never, like, seen... It, it's, it's a very thin cloth piece that comes around her mouth and nose and she it's very weird because it's it's almost very like it doesn't muffle her speech at all and she it's barely even able to see that like her lips move underneath it have you ever made it out past the packed planets no actually this is my first foray if you will well that explains it excuse me i believe you said you hadn't made it past the packed planets either where are you from out in the vast that's it. We don't need to know much about each other as long as we know how to work together, yes? Can't say that I'm not curious now, but if you won't indulge us with that information, I won't pry. I figured it'd be obvious, since I'm the only glowing rock man around here. Shimansara is where I'm from. I've heard of it, so I wasn't sure if you were a traveler. So you're just from home. What, are you, where, what brings you here? Traveling. He says, pointedly, you say, you're not a traveler. I'm traveling now, and that's what matters. I can see that. About this time in the conversation, everyone's just kind of listening to Aizen and Zeha go back and forth, and you hear Twit go, ah, hold on. And almost immediately, you... Immediately push, like, Nahal, like, back to, like, kind of brace her, as I assume we're about to hit a bottle. Like a big one. (laughs) For sure. Uh, And... You feel and hear the uh, urban cruiser hit something, and that's where we'll take a break. 